Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, Have Hope. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, all the Talking Tactics. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow as well. And we have a Patreon page. Shout out to everybody on Patreon. Yeah, um, thanks for the help. Man. Much thanks appreciated, man. Yeah, man. Much appreciated. We're giving you that real talk. Real talk, man. Anything. Nothing is taboo. Well, except a few things, you know. Um, yeah, if you want to know what we're talking about, subscribe to the Patreon. All right, where are we starting? We are starting in Italy this week because Juventus have been dethroned from their Serie A perch. They've been Our there dream for... is over. You know what? You know what I want to look up? So their first title would have been 2011-2012, right? I believe if they'd kept Allegri or so forth, they may have done some but here's the... Here's the sorry, thing. just keep sorry. Yeah, but no buts. Even if they kept, they should have won last year. And I think everyone knows that they should have won last year. They messed up. Like, you, you, Juventus were not supposed to, they were not supposed to win last year. That was supposed to be when I had a, it was supposed to be broken last year, but Inter just kept on screwing up, you know. So, so are you ready to hear the team that Juventus had in the 2011 2012? So, so this is the first season that they went to the Yeah, wrong. this is the first year of their streak. So I'm just going to go through like the highlights. If I mispronounce Italian names, guys, forgive me. I'll so correct got, you. Yeah, so we got Buffon, Chiellini, Casaras, Fabio Grosso, age 34. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh Bonucci, Lichtensteiner. Um, Lichtsteiner. Lichtsteiner. Okay, there we go. Marquisio, Andrea Pirlo, age 33. Vidal, age 25. Ironic, because now he's with oh, Inter. Wow. Ten years later, Alessandro Del Piero, age thirty-seven, was oh, in the damn. team for their first. <laughs> Quagliarella was a twenty-nine-year-old. Quagliarella, Quagliarella. I feel like I was close enough. You didn't have to get me on that. No, 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 I do. Luca Toni was in the team, age thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it for the forwards. I mean, that was their first, their first one. I'm slightly disappointed. Because this has been a theme for us for, I don't know how long we've been doing the podcast now. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping 10 in a row would be a thing. No, no, no. I think for me, I'm happy and sad. I'm sad because I can't get these jokes off. Because those those would have been some amazing jokes. But, but I'm happy because it would have been really bad on Syria. And I think it would have been bad for Hope Ball. But here's the thing, though. Because I, I want to dig deep into, into Milan and so forth with Conte mm-hmm. and, and Lukaku. But Ooh. there is nothing stopping Bayern Munich from doing this. Bayern will do this. Unless 
a crazy miracle happens. <laughs> you know, because ban are on something totally different. Because you see, the 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 danger with ban and Germany is that Bionic are very well run. And they're much much they're much more responsibly run than Juventus are. So Bionic are guys that think five, six, seven years into the future. Um so they'll never be in the situation that Juventus found themselves in with either Sarri or Pielo now. And also, yeah. like, you know, you have Bayern taking <laughs> the best players and managers from their rivals. So they are fully ensuring that they are the, they are the strongest team in, in the league. Yeah, so, imagine if Bayern Munich decided, you know what, we're just going to give Bastian Schweinsteiger the team with no management. No, 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 no. Like, no. so he's never managed, but he's just going to come take our team. Like, that would never fly. No way. But you with Juventus, ah, Pirlo, bring him. <laughs> let's let's see what happens. After, see, see. after after three days with the under 15s, 19s, whoever he was with, ah, full time manager. It's okay. Pride comes before the fall, as the preacher might say. I mean, was it a case of arrogance, or was it a case of they had given up on nine in a row and here revamp? Let's go. Or do they really believe that way? We've done this nine in a row. We can pretty much put in Krusty the Clown in the, as as manager, and we'll still be able to see what's up. I know, they, and Pielo is not Krusty the Clown. Let me repeat this. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. This is, I say he is not Krusty the Clown. I'm just in a managerial sense, he's not. He's not. He he's might not. as well be. Nah, he's not. Relax, relax. <laughs> but that? they could put like my little cousin, who are like 10, 9, 10, 8 years old. And win. That was their mindset. That hey, look, man, we've done this nine in a row. Let's look at putting it in Docker and we'll, and we'll still manage to say what's up. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's been disastrous because because I watched Juventus game against Udinese, and these guys are these guys are crap. These guys are bad, and you could just see their body language. And it was funny because I saw Cristiano's body language at one zero down when they were taking a corner. And just how he just leant against the post. I was like, he's thinking that, mate, what did I get myself into? And then he then turns up and then Depot puts out his, his arm, handball, penalty, and then he then scores and make it 2-1. So it hasn't so. been a good move for him overall. No, let's let's keep it real. He's probably going to break 30 goals, which is very rare in, in Syria. So that's the Go, Yeah, but goal scoring isn't why he came. Winning was why he came. And he's won, what, two, two titles? Two Syria titles? One so of them, friend, they probably shouldn't have won. But, like they, did, but they, they still won. No, no. That's more for inters, him, inter failing than Juventus playing well. I think Luno looks it for him personally, it's been a success and failure. For me, it's a failure. I view it as an overall failure. For him, it's a success and failure. It's a failure because he wanted to win the, the Champions League. But it's a success because he's now proven that he's been successful in three different leagues. You know, so he's left his mark in this area. You know, so that's a personal success for him. Oh, did it break? No. So his first season was the Ajax loss, right? Mm. In the quarterfinal. Yeah. Then Leon last year. Yeah. And then Porto this year. Mm. That's why I consider it the failure because he went there to help them win the Champions League. That was he, why they brought him because he they, is Mr. Champions League. Yes, they five. both drank the Kool-Aid. They both drank the Kool-Aid. Cristiano and Anelli and Nedved, they both drank the Kool-Aid of those three sales. That was down to Cristiano. 
Cristiano is the reason why they got those three CLs. Four, not three. But okay, they three in a row. But four, but really, four and five focus, years is just as crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's okay. So let's just say okay, the four and five. Um, so we got to a final in 2015. We got to a final in 2017. We are so close. So maybe all we did is just is just this final piece, and then boom. But then what they didn't really cater for is you didn't have that team in 2017. You didn't have that team in 2015 because that team in 2017 was has pretty much um, gotten older. And also, you 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 did away with Allegri after that one season. So, you know, um, because you you put Cristiano in that 2017 team, like if you just made a swap and you had Cristiano in the 2017 team, they win that final for sure. Uh... Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like without a doubt, without a doubt, they win it because he'd make the difference. You know, they didn't have a critical guy who they could give the ball to. Are they still starting Buffon and go? Yeah. Like Buffon (laughs) didn't didn't make any mistake in the final. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> okay, Casemiro. Okay, um, nah, nah, all right. <laughs> okay, this 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 isn't a a, a Juve set. Let's 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 talk about the champions. I'm sure Inter fans are like, bro, we won. Why are y'all still talking about Juventus, man? Because they it's a decade at this point. Um, all right. So Teski, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. My my uh, my name is Tessa. We'll we'll go with Tessa. Does Hope have an apology for Lukaku, seeing as he regularly called him a brick now that he's led Inter Milan to a league title? So do you have at least some sympathy in your heart or an apology towards our, our brother Romelu? No. It's not weak to say, yeah, you've gotten better. How is me saying that has gotten better? Has that the same as apologize? I've got nothing to apologize for. When you were bad, you were bad. Now you're good. You're one of the best strikers in the world. So what's there to apologize for? It's like that makes no logical sense. Is, is, is do, in your mind is there a difference between calling somebody bad and then calling someone Tim's? Like, doesn't that venture into a territory of bullying rather than stating no. the facts? No, because you gave him a nickname because it was factual that he played like. He Were you the one retweeting him with like the he plays like he has jeans with Tim's on? Was that you like retweeting those pictures? No. But I'll call them Tim's. I call them Tim's. Same thing as, as when I said that Benzema, it feels like if he's playing with like two anvils on both feet. Yeah, but you didn't give was... him a nickname. You might have called him a brick, but... But what's the... <laughs> yeah, but, but, so, Benzema was one of the main prime bricks. Limolena. Actually, Limolena. wait a minute. Wait a minute. You called Benzema a mumu olodo. You you, you you disrespected him in Nigerian pigeon or Yoruba, whatever it is. I feel like that's slightly more disrespectful than calling Lukaku Tims. Because like those are like legit insults that you will call somebody probably on the street that's actually done wrong to you. No, no, I'm not. Because and he's was, just playing football. He's a stranger, and you just yeah, like it's, so, yeah, it's, it's 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 how I roll, man. I I I would feel I more bad about that. Like damn, I I may, maybe maybe I did go too far on that one. Um, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, doesn't apologize. Daniel Till, Daniel Till, Daniel Till. Um, I I don't apologize. So to retrace my points, I don't apologize for what I said about Lukaku because he deserved to be named because he was that bad. But now that he's improved and he's a lot better, he deserves all the praise in the world. He is, has been fantastic. Double digits in goals and assists just shows you wow. And also, what's 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 the name of that female um, 
football analyst Mina Rizuki. I remember what she said that um, Morata is a because I keep on tagging Hamon and I, and I continue to and actually, actually I think I should tag her again that um, Morata is much more intelligent than Lukaku. So my thing is that Lukaku, boom, one of the best strikers in the world. Morata still doesn't understand the offside rule. He's been playing football for I think about ten years now and he still doesn't understand what the offside rule is. So you know. She's never gonna live that comment down, man. I like, I'd, I'd always go for the more intelligent player. <laughs> like, hey, what do you say, really? <laughs> what do you mean, really? This black player isn't too smart, you know. I see. I, that comment. I don't even think she's conscious of what she's doing. It's just she's eating the subconscious message of the system that you look at the black player as more physical, strong whatever you look at the non-black player as technical smart intelligent and you don't even need to consciously think oh like i'm saying it because he's black it's so deep and permeated into the consciousness of football discussion that people just say it without even knowing what they're saying now it would be up to somebody to be like so what do you mean by that like you so you're saying lukaku's not smart You'd have to actually question her on the spot, and then she'd probably be like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that, but which is why she's never going to live that comment, though, because it's just so outrageous. If you gave me, like, Thomas Muller is more intelligent than Lukaku, I think I could ride with that one in, like, in a footballing sense, because what does oh, yeah. Muller have other than spatial awareness yeah. and, and technique? I could ride with that. Maybe not even on an intellectual level, like who could hold a conversation better, who'd get, who'd do better on a test or something like that. Who knows? Lukaku could be a brilliant genius, but in a footballing sense, maybe, yeah, maybe you could get away with Buller. But Morata is who you say that for? <laughs> I don't know about all that. None. Dude is different, man. Dude is different. So Antonio Conte, he's gifted in the league. I'll give him that. Like in the league. The guy's talented. He's really good at, I don't know, just the, the the weekly grind of getting results and just fostering a team ethos that I think lasts for 10 months, you know? <laughs> so for that, he gets credit. I don't like the way he plays football. I don't like his substitution methods. I don't like, I don't like his attitude. I don't like his head. I mean, like his hair. <laughs> his head. You don't like his head. What's like, you know, his, his hair. His hair's fake, man. Like, I don't, I, it annoys me. Just accept your baldness. How are you bald in 1997? Well, yeah. But now you have who a full the, head of hair. And two, who, like, who, it doesn't who, make sense. Who was the player that criticized his hair? I don't know. Shout out William, though, for putting the trophies over him. And um, I remember there was, there was a guy who had a beef with him and about his hair. All right, continue. No, I'm going anyway, to look this up. And the, the, the biggest strike against Conte. Is his European record? Why aren't you good in one-off or two-leg ties? But you're good over the course of a league. Like, what is the disconnect? Because I can understand how you're good in knockout matches, but you're not mm. good in the league, just because of the stakes at hand or whatever the case may be. Like, there's a cup on the line. Everybody, like, you know, it's the Drogba thing. But like in the league, ah, you know, seven out of ten, eight on a good on a good day. You give him a, a, a knockout round, eight, nine, ten. I can mm. understand that. But the flip, I don't understand. Like, you're really good in the league, not good in cuffs. Like, do you know why Antonio Conte struggles? So, before I answer that, I'll, I'll give an answer to that. It was so Euro, Europa League last year when Sevilla played against Inter, Eva Banega 
was the guy who then yes. did like a reference to the thing. And, and I think Conce took took that personally, man. So yeah. Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the answer to that is the dynamics of a knockout game are different to the dynamics of a league. A league is about consistency. So in a league, you don't need to really, you just need to have your formation, your tactic, and then just grind that through on a consistent basis. A knockout competition involves a lot more tactics. So you need to involve a lot more tactics and there's much more in-game management. What is Conte's biggest weakness? Substitutions. In-game One of the key, yeah. key things, the key things in a knockout game is in-game management and substitutions. You know, because how people approach a knockout game where it's a, it's a smaller margin of error is different. Match day seven, match day nine, match day 10. You have, look, look, you have several other games to still make it up and so forth. So it's a war of attrition. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon. Yeah. Like, when it's the, like when you look at marathon runners, like the Kenyans aren't first to begin with. It's probably some white dude who's like leading to begin with at at first. And then the Kenyans and Ethiopians, <laughs> they then slowly take their time. Take their time, take their time, but they just make sure that they're just close enough to the park, and then boom, then they then make Shout out their to my Callan Jean out there. Shout out to the Callan Jean, you know. Yeah, so 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 they make the move like towards like in this um, third or second to so last lap. The chips, the kips. But but but, but my thing is uh, <laughs> um sprints. When yeah. you're doing it, it's a sprint, you've got to fully go for it. Hundred percent like boom, make it happen. Two hundred meters, hundred meters, you have to go for it. So for a knockout game. There is no time. It's it's all about now. And I think that... So Conte is East African, not West African. Yes, he's East African. <laughs> he's, he's East African. He's, 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 he's a marathon he's, runner, not a... He's a, a marathon run. Yeah, got you. Got you. Because you, you, you don't see Nigerians in the long distance. You don't see mm-hmm. Kenyans in the sprints. Yeah, <laughs> it's don't. different physiology, I guess. Um, all right. No, no, but, but, no, but that's, one, that's, one, that's one thing good. that's like, no, no, no constantly. I mean, you have to make it out of the Champions League groups, man. Come on, like, you have to at least make it out of the Champions League groups. All right, this is last last thing on Inter because I want they're they are champions, so I do want to give them their due. Mm-hmm. Um, are I've seen people say that next year they could do something in the Champions League. No, I hopefully expect them to make it through the groups, but I don't see them getting past <laughs> the, the quarters. <laughs> Please be in the top two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's your mission. Just, just like, just like get... baby steps, baby steps. No baby Europa step. League next year. That's your mission. Don't I want? I want to see you. Oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> Champions League. And lastly, if he is a marathon runner, and he probably should have won last year, mm. but you know Juventus were holding on. Is the 2021-2022 season? Is it enters again? If we go back. We have nine in a row for Juventus. Then I think one for AC Milan. That's the Ibrahimovic, Thiago Silva. Mm. But before that, it's five in a row. Was it Mancini and, Mar- and Mourinho? Yeah, Mancini and Mourinho, yeah. Could we be seeing sea change? Now it's interest time to win, you know, two, three, four, five until the others figure it out. Or do, we, do you think we might get a more competitive Serie A where anybody could win it, any of three, four teams? Um, that's, that's a really good question, man. Because my thing is, I don't know what's going to happen to Juventus this summer. 
um, with yeah. Cristiano and so forth. Um, Napoli look all right. Napoli look, look all right. But I do see, I think Atalanta are overachieving. They are over, overachieving. Mm. Napoli still need more players. Like Osimhen was a very good signing, but they need more players, and then and they need more recruitment. I don't know whether De Laurentiis has the funds to. <laughs> Why do you them... say his name like that? Wait, this is not his name. No, it's a, like you said it kind of like uh, you know how Stephen A. Smith says Kwame Brown when oh, when you said when you said De Laurentiis. <laughs> hey, oh, like... oh, oh, La Liga. I don't even know how to frame it. It's just wild. You know, like I think Madrid played Barcelona. <gasps> lost. Sevilla lost. So, this, they? so they're out of it. Yeah. I'm oh. just looking at the other score now. Athletic Bilbao, 90th minute. Iñaki Williams goal. So now it's 1-0? 1-0, 2-1? What was the score? 1-0, 1-0. 1-0. Damn. So now it's a it's a three horse it's a three horse race because now so Atletico seventy six, Madrid and Barcelona seventy four, Sevilla seventy. I mean they're not totally out of it, but six points are drifted with what five six seven eight four games to go. Uh, yeah, they no. would have had to win that. Yeah. But so Atletico play Barcelona. If Madrid are going to win, that game needs to be a draw. Madrid win their game, and I think they have the tiebreaker. On Atletico, so they'd go top. Mm. So Barcelona could be doing the Lord's work if you're a Madrid fan, and they just need to not. They they need to make sure Atletico don't win, but Barca need to win <laughs> in order to go a point above, which would take them to seventy seven points. If there's not games in between, this might be two weeks from now, um, mm. rather than next week. But yeah. The, the thing about Atletico that I just discovered yesterday or that I thought about yesterday is people have all these scenarios of, okay, if Atletico beat this team, if Atletico beat that team, they have games in hand, this, that. You can't put points in their pocket. It's impossible to say, okay, I know Atletico are going to beat Team X. You can't do that. It's even hard to do that with Madrid and with Barcelona. But you can't put points in that Atletico's pocket at this point. This would be, I think someone told me that this would be the, mo- the all-time collapse in the top five leagues to be ahead by 12 points with, I think they had two games in hand. Mm. And to lose that or for that to be eroded and you lose the league, I think that hasn't happened ever. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And the it's last crazy. time that somebody had this big of a slip was Atletico again. And they had like an eight-point lead or something like that, and they let it slip. So I can't, I can't give points to Simeone. I can't say if I look up their schedule quickly. It's um, Basa, Sociedad, Osasuna, and Valladolid. Exactly. So the Osasuna and Valladolid games. You think that's six points? <laughs> You can't well, say that for these no, guys. No, you can't. They only beat Elche, our, our friend Elche, 1-0. And Elche missed a penalty in the final minutes where Oblak stepped off his line. So it should have been retaken. Yeah. So, you know. Ooh, okay. How do you feel about that? If I miss the penalty and my foot is, and your foot is off the line, do I deserve to take another one? Like, especially no. if you don't touch the ball. No, you don't. No, you, no, but, but You missed. No, no, this was... So, basically, look. 
if what is the rule state? That's what I want to know. My thing is, from me viewing it, if the keeper did to make a save, how did me going over my line early somehow distract you from not putting the ball in the frame and frame of the goal if I had if I did not touch the ball at all? But if the rule states, if the keeper steps off his line before the player strikes the ball, it must be retaken, then boom. And I believe that that's what... I don't think the rule will state that. Well, only if the keeper makes contact with the ball, if he steps... I think the rule just states that the keeper must stay on his line until the ball is struck by the um, penalty penalty kick taker. So, you know. Mm. Yeah, and... But but it's like, how did he... How did the Oblak coming off his line make you miss the frame of the goal? I think the, the letter of the law probably equals you retake it because yeah. it, it is what it says but the, the spirit, spirit of, of the law the spirit yeah. of the law i don't think you should be retaking those because the advantage a goalkeeper has from stepping off the line early is mm. to save it it's not <laughs> like that's the only reason that 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 law's there is because he can more quickly close down the angle to a corner if you miss the corner altogether then what advantage did I get? None. So spirit of the law, just play the game. But I would suspect if that happened to Barcelona or if it happened to Real Madrid, maybe not so Real Madrid because of the whole Super League thing, but you know, <laughs> generally speaking, if one of those clubs, they probably get it retaken just because of the political nature of La Liga. I don't trust the, that institution at all. So yeah, they, they got away with one. Well, who knows? Maybe they retake it and Old Black saves it. It's not like it's outside the realms of possibility that Old Black can't save a penalty. So there's no guarantee, even though it's highly likely. So, um, yeah, looking at the table, who do you think wins? Who you got? I'm sticking with Barcelona. I'm even so after they lost. Was it Granada that they lost to? Yeah, Granada. But even even last there. week, it wasn't it last week? We were like, ah, oh, they got Granada. That's probably three points. Ah, yeah. not so fast, my friend. <laughs> so no, 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 no. That's been didn't make any sense because I just really just put a spanner in the works. But I still see Real Madrid like drawing a game here, drawing another game here, and I see just Messi being the the difference because I think they will. I think they beat Atletico. Me too. In the coming game, but I think, I think that just helps. I think that just helps Madrid. True, it could help them, but we people, but we still need to see what happens. So, so what Madrid have? Um, Madrid have Sevilla, I think. So Sevilla, Granada, yeah, but then have Bilbao away, and you know, and Bilbao. That's, those yeah, are, that's yeah, they they beat Atletico and Sevilla recently, so those guys could be the spoilers, and then Villarreal yeah. at home. All right, so I'm I'm still going Madrid. I it will be Madrid until it's not for me. Like until it's mathematically impossible, I give it to Zidane. Um, League A, PSG won. They beat Lens. Um, uh, what else happened? Leo played. Uh, who did they play? They played Nice, mm-hmm. and they beat Nice. Yomaz scored another goal. The the goal from the second Turkish player whose name is slipping my mind right now, crazy goal, incredible goal. 
Um, so they got two goals from two Turkish players. So, you know, I don't know. They'll have a, a Turkish connection. Oh, in that oh Mehmet's Jackie Celik. Celik. Yeah. Celik. Um, yeah, his goal was, it was a really good goal. Um, no, no, look, look, it's, I mean, it would be Leon a great won. story. Lyon won, they beat Monaco. So they're kind of still in it. But then that it more kills Monaco than it helps Lyon. So it's really, it's between PSG and Lyon. Will Lyon drop points? And PSG can't mess up at all. Basically, they need. I think there's three games left in the season. They got. They, mm. they got to get nine points, and hopefully, Lille draw from their perspective, or you know, just so, a loss yeah, here. So. so, so basically, so Lille have Lyon, Saint Etienne, who lost eight two to Bayern and Angers. Yes, I mean Lyon is the is the hardest game of those three. But you know, what? Okay. I need Lyon, to look up how you finish. pronounce. Lens, because in my mind you do pronounce the S on this one. You see, I think you might be right. It's just that from my French, I think because I remember <laughs> when on 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 um, ESPN FC when Frank Leboeuf said Ren, he said Rens. So I'm like, if Leboeuf is saying Rens, then yeah, maybe you do pronounce the S. So Lens, 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 but it's like the nasal Lens, like Lens, not lens. Lens. <laughs> lens lens just a little french lesson for us i don't mm. think that's gonna make it but yeah ren i always thought it was stad ren but if he says rens rens and, yeah and if it's le Beauf, then it's ren yeah because for me i know not to pronounce the s so angier i'm not i'm never gonna say angiers <laughs> angers <laughs> Anger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all right do you think this is more related, like all the title races, except for England, I suppose? Mm. Do you, what do you think this is down to? Because PSG shouldn't be in that territory, really. Maybe COVID has something to do with it. You but, think? But, but my thing is not... If we take La Liga, for example, Real Madrid have had a lot of injuries. Huge injuries where they've hardly been able to even pick in enough subs. Barcelona had all that mess during preseason. Yeah. So they so they had the worst preparation. So I think Barcelona and Real Madrid you can pick out specific issues that they both had, where they they, they were not really normally at the, at the, at their best. So in France, Tuchel being sacked, Pochettino coming in, totally totally different philosophy from Tuchel. Takes time to get used to because I think they've lost four games under um, Pochettino and they've got like they've lost like eight games in total. So you know. Maybe so that's man- manager change. Has there been any real improvement if they've both lost four games? Like, was sacking Tuchel a premature decision? Yeah, perhaps so. I, I mean, I need to. I mean, again, I'm not sure, but I exactly like, like maybe the situation was just kind of untenable. He, he said something like in an interview about how if you're a manager of PSG, you're not really the manager, you're not really in control. Yeah. So I think that sort of rubbed people the wrong way. Because so. I can tell by his Chelsea interviews, I don't watch the pre-match interviews as much as I used to, like with Conte and Mourinho. But you can just tell, like, the guy, he'll say what's on his mind, even if it's maybe, like, not good. <laughs> so he'll he'll be honest, you know. Um, so maybe the the owners of PSG weren't really fond of that. So it's just, yeah, he has to go. even Even if... Poch isn't an improvement. He's better than dealing with this guy. So who knows? Um, 
generally we would have started Manchester United Liverpool. That's the match that probably most fans that listen to this podcast have would have some attachment to. Mm. I had to guess. <sighs> but you know, the fans were on the pitch, so <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, you know, I was asleep. I woke up. I saw the game had been postponed, and I just went back to sleep. I was like, well, I woke up for that game, and I was like, well, if it's postponed, I don't. I didn't see the pictures of people on the pitch and stuff, but I was like, all right, if it's postponed, maybe it's COVID or fan protest something. Maybe it was against the Super League or whatever it was. So then when I woke up, I did you know my reading, and I went on Twitter, looked at Carl's page or whatever, and like, oh, they're protesting the Glazers. They want the Glazers out. They broke into the stadium, basically, and on the pitch, light and flares, and just looking kind of hooliganist, if that's a word. Hool- if I can... Hooliganistic. Hooliganistic? <laughs> I wish I, I don't know if those are worse, but you know, y'all, make it y'all know, y'all know, y'all, y'all know what we mean. I think hooliganistic it's, sounds better. So it's that's, a word that's, now. It's a word now. Yeah, that's what they were looking like. So I was like, ah, okay. Um, I don't know how effective the protest will be. It's not a good look for Manchester United. So maybe they do have to check whatever they're doing on an internal level. But I find it's hard to empathize with people protesting this way for a football club. Because I was having a discussion with someone in a WhatsApp group and I talked about how, you know, in protest you need to dis- disrupt and so forth. And I said, wait, hang on. Are they protesting racism, homophobia, women's rights, um, equal pay, higher pay, the environment? These are the really issues where, okay, you have to disrupt and so forth. This is because your football club was in the ESL. Your football club doesn't buy enough players. And the owners, I repeat, the owners are treating the club like their own property, which it is. So my thing is, how are you going to tell me what I should do with what I own? For okay, for instance, let's say you have a house, and this house was painted red for hundreds of years. It was was painted red, and I had just happened to buy it. Yeah. No, no, sorry, no, sorry, no. Better thing, I was thinking. A club, a nightclub, and for several years, this nightclub played rap. And people have known this nightclub. This nightclub is very important to this community, and it has historical consistency in this community because of the rap music it plays, and it has this um, blue collar. I come in and I buy it, which means I own it. I want to play R&B now because it seems as if people are now shifting to R&B as opposed to rap now. And you know what? I want to paint the whole thing red. Now, people can say you're not respecting the history of this nightclub, you're not respecting the community and so forth. You can say that, but I own it. And because I own it, I can do whatever the heck I want with it. So I shouldn't be at the behest of what historical value or what so forth it is. All I care about is that I own it and I now need to make this profitable. Once it stops being pr- profitable, I now need to, na- need to now sell it and find a guy who has the right price to buy it off of me. What if your mom painted your bedroom pink and you're like seven, eight, nine years old? You don't have the affinity with pink and purple that you do now, I'll assume. Okay. And your mom comes in, paints your room a color you don't like. Okay. And she's like, it's my house. If you don't like it, you can move out. It's her house. It's her wall. It's her paint. She can do whatever she wants with the walls. But that, but that but analogy it's, goes, but, goes but it's, it's your room, though. And you didn't have any say 
in the pink color that was chosen. See, see, see that's an analogy. Do it doesn't work. It doesn't, do, do you know why it doesn't work? Do you not think that you have the right to just at least protest a bit, like, "Hey, mom, like, what you're doing with this thing that work. yeah, that 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 yes, you own, but it still affects my life." I feel like I should have some say in what you're doing. The reason why that doesn't work is the mother owns the house, but every room is owned by the occupants of that room. No. Well, I, maybe maybe that's how no, you no, lived, but... When I was a child, this mm. is my house, this is my wall, this is my house. If you don't like it, <laughs> go. No, 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 okay, that's fine. No, no, but, but what I would expect in most instances is you, like, the living room, sitting room, dining room, kitchen, bro, the mom... She has that whole thing. But that door that leads into your bedroom, that I is your own door. When I, was a kid. I couldn't close my door. I couldn't no, there were no closed doors allowed when I was a kid. Because we, we gotta see what what are you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> so what are you doing? So I couldn't close my door. So maybe maybe it's a bad example for you and it mm. works for me. Like like if my mom just decided, hey, the room's purple now, because my favorite mm. color is purple. I don't want it to be purple. No, 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 so, no, like, no, but... I would, I would give my little temper tantrum, my little protest. It's not going to stop the paint happening because she yeah. owns it. Okay, or, okay. Or Let's my dad owns it. But, but, it... but my, but my protest, I feel like, is a valid one because I think you did frame it well when you said, you know, it's not for racism, it's not for women's rights, human rights. Okay, okay, no, no, no. It's let me against... let me try and break it down. Let me try and break yeah. it down because I think me and Nick sort of had an argument about this because <laughs> Nick attacked me by saying that I don't understand English for football and I don't understand the heart and soul about football. That I just view this as entertainment and I'm like a soulless piece of crap. So him, <laughs> let me try and understand the frame. Okay, he did say piece of crap, but he could. But let me just try and frame. My thing here is, is that <laughs> I can understand. Funny. I can understand. I can understand people's attachments to a football club. Because I think we've even discussed this before previously where people don't actually care whether their club wins or loses. It's just part of their life. Like, a guy sends me, Gatlock sends me this Instagram video of this Chelsea fan who said that um, one of the greatest days of his life was the fan protest stopping Chelsea getting into the ESL. And says that he was more happier than that success than Chelsea winning the Champions League, which he was there for. I was like, okay, wow, okay, this is deep. Like, this is different. That you felt more happiness with your clubs not joining the ASL than winning the Champions League. That's different. And my thing about this is that it's living in England and seeing these people and, and, and so forth. Like, English, English people, they will they'd rather die than give up their loyalty. So for them, this football club and everything is a way of life and so forth. So I can see, I can respect that. I, I, I respect that. But I don't, I, I don't empathize. I will never empathize. There is no way in hell I'm ever going to view you, um, view um, a protest about a football club to the same value as a protest about racism, homophobia, women's rights, um, environments, and so forth. Which for me, these so are the real issues. Sympathy and empathy. What do you mean? Sympathy is I feel sad, but I can't necessarily relate to the sadness, or like I feel bad that you feel bad. Empathy is more like I relate to that sadness because it affects me or I've felt the same. So oh, you so can't relate to the Manchester United fan sadness on some yeah. personal, deeper level. 
Yeah, so I because I I don't have a connection to the to a football club like that, but I can still feel bad that you feel bad. That's that's probably why I am with it. And I can put it this way: I've never seen, and I've seen my fair share of Manchester United fans. Have you ever seen the blue, the green and yellow scarves anywhere except Manchester? And maybe maybe some people in London or around England. Do you know what I mean? Those like the the green and yellow. Mm. Are signifiers of like we want the Glazers out. We don't oh, want yeah. this, these people in Manchester with our club. Woo, woo, woo. Not to say they don't exist. I'm sure they're out there, mm. but they might sympathize. But do, can you empathize with somebody who was born in Manchester or Greater Manchester, who you know it was passed down from the grandfather who was going to Old Trafford from it's, 18, whatever? You can't relate to that. And if those are the people who are in the stadium that got the game postponed. I understand why you're there, and I understand your behavior while you're there. As lo- as long as you're vocalizing why you're there, you don't like these American guys who wanted to put you in the Super League, or the they don't understand the club that this that fine. But we got to understand. At one point, Manchester United were owned by the fans. How did these American owners get in there? Somebody gave up a stake in the club for cash. That's what happens with all these clubs. All these clubs were set up by workers' unions and. Just of the people, community project. In most cases, I'd say 95% of cases, football clubs were owned by the fans. And in many cases, they still are. Like if you look at Real Madrid, Barcelona, they have to elect presidents. It's always going to be for the fans, you know? But once you allow somebody to, just if I can land, once once you allow somebody to come in and buy 80, 90% of the club, you got to look at the person who who sold Cronky Arsenal. Who allowed the Glazers to get in? You look at Chelsea, you don't like Abramovich because he does this and that. Somebody made money off it. And we got to understand that most football clubs aren't profitable. So let the billionaire come and do what he does. It's, it's the difference of would you rather Chelsea be kind of sort of challenging for top four or would you rather have the Champions League? For the vast majority of Chelsea fans around the world now, give me that CL. Give me that Premier League. But for the local person, that West London dude, he I don't think they – I genuinely think they don't care. They just love Chelsea, whatever that means to them. And they could be third division. In 1992, your club stopped being a football club and it became a brand. The moment that the Premier League was formed, the game changed. And now it was primarily about making money. That's what I've always said. That club football and internationals, these are two different entities. Internationals, that is the heart and soul. That is the reality. Pele said it's best. Pele said, in club football, you are kissing the badge of one team one season, and the next season you are kissing the badge of another team. Like, how people can try and relate heart, soul, purity to the thing in club football, you're mad. These guys are any, what, 200, 300,000 a week? These guys will say they love your club one season. The next season, they don't say that they, they love an, an, another club. So therefore, it's like, who, who, whoever is paying me, I'm going to say I love you. So this is the most soulless thing that exists, which is why it says that club football is here for our entertainment, footballing-wise. Maybe say, oh, no, the culture of my United, the culture. I mean, what culture? What? It's a, it's a, it's a freaking, it's, it's an institution where you get paid a lot of money for. That's what it is. The reality, the realness is your country because your country is culture, it's history. It's an identity. Brazilians have a way of playing football. 
Italians have a way of playing football. Nigerians have a way of playing football. And that never changes. And that is a culture that is steeped into the history of the of the country and the culture of the of the country and of the nation. Like or oh, the the money night. What is the money United away? The team of today <laughs> is so different from the team from ten years ago or twenty years ago. Fergie has left. The way that Mourinho ran things is totally different from how Fergie ran things. You know. So the th- and the thing about it is you have to accept this. Manchester, specifically Manchester United. You're a global brand. You're a global brand. And the reason why people talk about it is because you're a brand. Footballing-wise, you're not one of the best teams in, in Europe. You can't compete with the very best. And you're very far away from being amongst the, the very best. But in terms of a brand and popularity, that's what you're about. So you are a brand. And those guys in Manchester, you've got to accept that. What makes your club a viable entity is that fan in Japan, that fan in America, that fan in Nigeria, in South Africa, in Australia, in Canada, because of how because of your global fan base. So those guys out there, you have no ownership of the club. No, your, your your club is owned by these two Americans. And who created this? It was the guys who created the rules that allow these guys to um, have majority ownership. So those are the guys you should be angry with. That created a scenario where you. You don't have a situation where you have presidents. So we say, oh, fans. Are... No, 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 no. Why are you angry at the Glazers? Be angry at people who set up rules that, that, that state that someone can do this. In Spain, no. You have a president who is elected, and the president has to now make an appeal to the fans. Mm. And the president has to represent the, the fans. That's what Spain said. Germany said, you can only have 49%. The 51% will always belong to the fans. But England said... Let's make some money. Let's make some some cash. Hey, sugar daddies, come on down, baby. Wild, wild west. Let's run, baby. So, come on. But but, also, but nobody like, is ever looking at that angle, though. So, the, a football club will always need money. Like so, if you go back to the beginning of Manchester United, I'm pretty sure 1880s, 1890s, somewhere in there, the club was founded. I know it was founded under a different name. The name escapes me. And I, I can't be bothered to look is, is it up. Is Salford FC? I don't think so. The club was going broke, and they appealed to some businessman in Manchester, and he basically bought the club, changed the name to Manchester United, and so goes history. Like, even from the very beginning, a businessman was interested in sponsoring the club because you can obviously see the appeal that the game has to the masses. Just that in that context, it was local. People in Manchester care about this thing the more technology progressed and the world but shrinks in no small part to radio television increasingly so the internet you could reach not just the people in manchester greater manchester england europe but you can reach the whole world which means you're going to attract business interests from africa asia australia and the americas so that an american decided it's now my turn to be like the guy from the beginning it's just we're dealing with billions instead of maybe thousands or hundreds of thousands, but it's the same principle. You think someone who's from Manchester is less loved money, less than somebody from America? It might make you feel better at night. You might sleep a little bit better. I mean, but trust me, this idea that like if we got somebody who's local, he's not going to be as greedy. <laughs> <laughs> a businessman is a businessman, man. Bro, like, like <laughs> his primary concern so, so, is okay. business, not so, so, the so, so, well-being so of the think club. about it. It, it, the protests are effective. 
in in this reality that we're creating. Manchester United fans, they create such a fuss that the Glazers are forced to sell to somebody in Manchester. Now the club is owned by a Manchester billionaire or a group, a consortium of who can Manchester come up fans with, who can come billion. up with five, six billion pounds. A big, a big. Do you guys think that if you pay four, five, six billion pounds for a football club, you're going to try to take a loss for the interest of the fans? Or, or do you think there's still going to be greed in place? You paid four billion. In 1992, when they created the Premier League, once they said this thing is about global branding and money, what they did is they accelerated the value of all of these clubs. Manchester United wasn't worth four, five, six billion before the, the advent of the Premier League. Liverpool weren't where they are now. The Premier League helped spike the value of these clubs because of the branding that was attached to it as opposed to the English First Division. Once you raise the value of something so much, the only people who can buy it, once we reach billions, you're looking at the owner of Spotify who's trying to buy Arsenal. You think that's a hmm. better move than Crunk? Like, just because he has some tangential connection. I, I grew up being an Arsenal fan, so he so he's gonna he's gonna want a loss. Spotify owner, the one who gives people point zero 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 one for a play on a song. You think this guy's really in the business of yo man? We're gonna go give back to the club and this and that. Like once you deal with people who are in billions, you open the door to people who make billions. And I've always said this. I don't think you can have billions of dollars and be inherently good because who are you stepping on to get that money? You must be crushing somebody to have maybe billions. You, maybe you found it on a rock. If so, good to, to, to get billions, somebody must be being exploited for that money to be in your pocket. So if the only people who can buy Manchester United for $5 billion, what is the shortlist? So, so, so who did Steve Jobs exploit for... To make all the money for Apple, <laughs> or, or, or 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 who did um, Twitter dude exploit to to make all those billions through? Tw- tw- but Steve, yeah. Steve Jobs, I mean, where does the aluminum come from? Where does the gold in all the phones and laptops and stuff come from? Where does the glass come from? Glass is made by is made from sand. Where where does all that come from? Where are those resources coming from? Who are you paying? What are you paying? Have you seen the Colton mining in Congo? You tell me that's not exploitation? But his idea for the iPhone and so forth, that idea is priceless because <laughs> that idea changed a whole industry, you know. And I think everything else is extra, but that idea of I'm going to make your phone pretty much be the hub of a whole bunch of, of stuff. That it's a good the, idea. That was billion dollar idea. It's a good idea, but to keep it. What do you mean by it's? It's a good idea. It's it's a golden. It's the idea but, that has defined but, a generation. But go with me. If it's such a good idea, how come everybody can have one? What about everyone can have one? The iPhone is the most sold phone on the planet. Okay. How is that possible? If it's such a great idea, you would think if it's such a great idea, it would have to be so expensive that only a certain amount of people could afford to purchase it. But, but they can mass produce them on a level that is generally affordable for the average consumer. How is that possible? Forget the materials. Forget the materials. The idea. The materials cost money. To make the idea costs money. Cool. You always need to day, At the end of the day, the idea is what's made him a billionaire. Now, everything no, else, no, no, okay, no, 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 no,
-hmm. What matters is, are you able to make them materially relevant or possible? So how do you make enough iPhones to make sure that everybody has a, a level of attachment to this idea? Yeah, you, you, you get all these people to make them and, and so forth. So how do you but, do that? If, if, you, if, if you actually had to pay the going rate for Colten, if you actually had to pay the going rate for aluminum, if you actually had to pay the going rate for gold, if you actually had to pay the going rate you, for as I say, glass... Anuka, yes, you screw the, them the, over. The, you screw them over. But at the end of the day, the idea... so the much idea, individually that the phones wouldn't cost $1,000. They might cost $8,000 if you actually produce them without sweatshop work in Asia. Still doesn't negate so the fact that so the, the, the idea is what's made in the billion. Now, no, have... the idea isn't what makes you the billion. It's the way to implement it. This is more an extra, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Look, yeah, we think we're, we're, we're going off the rails here. We're going off the rails here. Let's because let's 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 let's, let's get back. Let's get back because this is this is yeah. we we will debate this on the talking tactics extra. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you can, what my point is, you can't make a billion dollars without exploiting somebody. Not always. That's, that's my final. You can't point. give me one example. Steve Jobs. I'm really tempted just to quit this right now. <laughs> just like press X, look, look, like... look, look, let's, let's move. 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 Because we'll, 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 we'll be arguing all day. Let's move. Like to, to say Apple have made their money without exploiting anybody Daniel, is utter nonsense. Move. His it's idea made into the billion. Nonsense. His idea made in the billion. No. Ideas don't make iPhone. money. Ideas don't make money. He came up with that idea, changed the whole game, man. Steve Jobs, thanks, you, bro. I'm gonna save my uh, ether for for the Patreon. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> Gareth Bale scored a hat trick. <laughs> well done. Yeah, man. Uh, do you think this is like the last time we'll see Beast Mode? I feel like, oh man, this is like the swan song. I feel bad in a way. Like this is as good as it's gonna get, man. This last big moment. I just wanted to recognize it because it could be the last Champions League. I think City beats PSG 2-1 again. Damn. And I have no idea what happened to the Chelsea Madrid game. It could be 1-1 and we go to penalties. I think, go to penalties. I think PSG win 2-1 and it goes to extra time. Oh, And in extra time, PSG win on aggregate 4-3. Oh, wow. Chelsea Madrid... Varane's out. I'm not sure the fitness levels of Valverde, Mendy, Ramos. I don't well, know. Well, Mendy and Ramos have been training, though. They've been, they've, they've been okay. training. I'm going to go 1-0 Madrid. Obviously, that's not a safe bet. But, <laughs> yeah. I think 2-1. I don't. One of these is going to extra time. I can't decide yeah. if it's PSG or if it's the it's, other one. But, Chelsea Real Madrid is going extra time, I believe. I, I can see that being 1-1 on the next so, time. So both of these results get flipped, in my opinion. I've been wrong before. I can be wrong again. That's so, okay. so, so you're saying it's a Real Madrid-PSG final? That's the final I want to see. So that's the one I'm trying to rationalize. I don't, yeah, look, I don't care what you want to say. What, what do you think is going to actually be the final? For me, I believe it's going to be... Madrid City would be like my logical conclusion, but I'm not being logical feeling that's yeah, yeah. I mean, City are in the final. Chelsea Madrid, I can't call it. I really can't call it. Specifically after that first leg, I can't call it. I want Hazard against Neymar in the final, man. I was promised that in 2012, 2013, 2014, when these guys Hazard were breaking is, out as stars. Is finished, bro. That's that's fine. But I still want my Hazard Neymar Champions League final. Like I was never given the Messi Ronaldo one that you guys said was going to happen. 
they just never met. But the next the next two guys on that list were supposed to be Hazard and Neymar. It would, maybe Chelsea Barcelona final could have happened once upon a time, but this is the only chance we're probably going to get to get it. I guess we saw it partially in the World Cup. A little bit of Brazil and to get injured. Yes, very good game. That was a very good game. I need I need to watch it again. I don't have a, a great memory of it. Oh, the World Cup, something with World Cups, man. Uh, except for like the finals and some group, some games in the groups, like the very first games, I can recall those. But something happens like after a month of football where the, it just kind of all runs together. Due to this social media blackout and how lenient the FA seemed to be about racist incidents, what do you think is the appropriate punishment for racist chants from fans and players found guilty of using racial slurs? Well, online you get banned <laughs> um, from the online thing and maybe you get a lifetime ban from entering into the game if it's at a stadium which is what they would do like lifetime ban if you're proven to have been racing and so forth they get a lifetime ban a guy in australia was banned 10 years i guess from stanford bridge or chelsea event for anti-semitic tweets oh they named him his name is sam mole from oh. kettering hello sam <laughs> if a 10-year ban for online, if you do it inside the stadium, that's not that it's any better or worse, but no, nah, you can't come back. That should be standard, you know? Yeah. Like from all football fans across from all football stadiums across the country. Wembley all the way down to the marshes. Like you shouldn't be at football. I don't feel like that's like some difficult thing to do. <laughs> Simple <laughs> actually, man, stadium ban, man, but you know, it's if people take it as, as seriously, which they 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 don't. So, and as for social media, about? you'd have to you'd have to find out who are these people because what if they're doing it under you know Jorginho Easter five five seven, and they just call you know Tammy Abraham this or Paul Pogba that or Raheem Sterling this or half hope that you know just based off. YouTube commentary. How do you find these people? If Twitter doesn't have like a a mechanism by which to find you, I guess this guy actually used his whole name, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Samuel. <laughs> so you know, at least at least he said it with his chest. But I, like, how do you find the people? I don't know. If you get something for free, you're the product. Is something that I was told in like a business class in college. So if Twitter is available to you for free. If Facebook is available to you for free, if Instagram is available to you for free, if email is available to you but for free, somebody's making money off you. You just get a free hit. You get to enjoy it for free. You can make your account for free. But somebody is selling the information that you give them, which is why Twitter asks for your birthday, why Instagram asks for this. Because they just want as much information as they can get on you, sell it to a company, or just use it for their own purposes. If you're Facebook and you own Instagram, it's perhaps in your best interest to make the barrier for entry as low as possible. Don't make people give their passport information. Don't make people give their driver's information. Don't make people give their real names. Because if we do, our usership goes down and we can't collect as much metadata on individuals as we would like to. And the people who are already in it, if we had to make them give real information, how many of those just stop using our service? And if that's 30%, you really think these companies are willing to lose 30% of their profit margin? The, the social media companies themselves would actually have to value humanity 
over money. Like what is right to do to a human versus profit margin? And in the world we live in, I suppose that's not really a difficult question to answer, how they would perceive it. C'est la vie, is the world that we're living in, man. Um, it's sick, though. You just have to be realistic, bruv. If you guys have solutions, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear your solutions. Anything you, anything left, have hope. Daniel Tsuluk, I believe we have given them an <laughs> awesome, amazing show for them to chew on. All I can say, guys, is be very aware, take the red pill, and try and view the world in as what much green code as possible. That's freeze your mind. Blue pill keeps you in a wonderland. Oh. But then, as, as Cypher did say, ignorance is bliss. So, who? Which one's Cypher? He's the guy. Is that the who... is that the captain from Bad Boys? Yes, Joe yeah. Pantoliano. That guy. Anyway, this has been Talking Tactics. We thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Mm. Keep in mind, on Twitter and Instagram, you are being tapped by Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Google, all these places. But you know, it is what it is. We're we're, we're in the world we live in. SoundCloud. Follow us over there. Um, if you're on Spotify, give us a follow. Apple Podcast, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. If you want to help us out monetarily, we have a Patreon page. I'm at Dandy to look half what work people find you on the internet. Find me halfhopefootballhots.com. Indeed. This has been Talking Tactics. Thank you guys for listening once again. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Uh, Talking Tactics podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always for ball. Indeed. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.